This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Madison. Dane County has been a Democratic stronghold for some time, but it still turns out the third most Republican votes of any Wisconsin county. However, the percentage of GOP votes has been declining. The last time a Republican won 30% of the vote in Dane County was more than a decade ago. 23-year-old Brandon Malley wants to reverse that trend. He was elected chair of the Republican Party of Dane County earlier this year, and his goal is to bring the share of GOP voters in Dane back to 30% by 2030. He joins us today to tell us how he intends to do it. It's Monday, November 6th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. Brandon, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. So you moved here from Florida in April 2022 to work on Senator Ron Johnson's re-election campaign. Less than a year later, you're chair of one of the most important county parties in the state. So how'd you win over those party loyalists so quickly? So I'm probably the only guy that's going to move from sunny, warm state of Florida to experience snow on Halloween up here. But I moved up because uh, Ron Johnson was one of the, if not the most vulnerable Senate Republican incumbent. I wanted to make sure he would get through. I've worked on a lot of campaigns before. And in Florida, the campaigns were always, you know, win or lose by a point. Wisconsin is now that state that every election we're winning or losing consequential races by a point or two. So I moved up here. I was a regional tool director for the party. And um, things didn't go quite our way. We lost the close attorney general race. We lost the governor's race. Johnson didn't get through, though. So I decided to run for chair, test out the relationships that I had built in less than a year here at that point. And I discovered there was a big appetite in the party, uh, especially in our blue areas, uh, to do better, to do more, to raise more money, to take a stand on uh, more of the issues. And actually, on the day that I was elected, there was a wave across the state. Milwaukee Republican Party leadership changed as well. Saw a change in Dane County, some of the other counties, Ozaki Flip. And the way I was able to do it, uh, we recruited a lot of new people. We weren't tapping into um, the space that we had. A lot of people don't realize that Dean, the third largest share of Republican votes in the state and that you can't just ignore it and expect to win statewide elections. So we said, let somebody else and let a brand new board pretty much um, try things differently because the old mantra was don't rock the vote. You're going to get Democrats to vote, but Democrats are pretty much maxed out in Dane County. So we're trying something a little bit different. 
Oh, I like that. Don't rock the boat. So you're here to rock the boat in Dane County. We're here to rock and roll. All right. Well, Democrats certainly regard Dane County as a blue wall against Republican victories in statewide elections. You know, that's proven fairly successful, notable exception of Senator Ron Johnson. So what do you think the Republican Party of Dane County can do to re- to reverse this trend of Dane County playing such an important role in Democratic victories? Well, we need to be everywhere, right? All of this starts on a local level. You're not going to get national investment without um, local investment, right? So everything starts from the ground up. A competent county party that brings more people and more resources in we need to get some more local common sense candidates elected. I'm not talking about ultra conservative. We have to be practical because this is Dane County. It's common sense uh, individuals that are uh, fiscally conservative. And frankly, on a local level, you don't need to talk about uh, building a wall. You don't need to talk about what's going on in Israel or Ukraine. We can keep the focus very local, win some races, and get Republicans energized because there are a lot of Republicans in Dane County that don't vote because they just assume that this is the blue wall. Their vote doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And really, we're breaking potential Republican statewide victories by not turning out all of our voters here. So we need to get some local candidates elected. And then we need to bring in statewide and national investments, just like the Democrats do. This is a very important area. You have to invest in the media market here. Uh, Ron Johnson did just enough. Tim Michaels did not do enough. He was barely in the Madison media market after the primary. Well, let's talk about those local issues. So what local issues do Republicans in Dane County care about? I've noticed that it's uh, kind of uh, a niche thing. There's not one overlaying uh, issue that captures all of Dane County. The isthmus is very different from our rural communities. The only overlaying issue would be the economy. You hear about inflation from everybody, from the left, the right, the middle, and people want solutions. If they're going to consider voting for Republicans, those Republicans can't just say economy bad, Biden bad, inflation bad. We need to provide an alternative. That's one of the issues. I've been listening to what some Hispanic leaders have been saying. Crime is an issue. Then on the outskirts of Dane County, I'm hearing from our farmers. They're not happy with the county board um, buying up so much usable farmland. So that's going to be an important local issue in the spring. Hmm. You know, you also work for this organization called Turning Point, uh, whose mission is to quote, identify, educate, train, and organize students to promote freedom. So how are uh, those Republican issues you talk about, how are they resonating with young voters? You're young yourself, too. You're one of those young voters. Yeah, it's a challenge. I I break the mold, I guess, for my generation. I'm fairly conservative, but I'm also practical. We live in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, I call Madison Berkeley of the Midwest. Some of the issues resonate better than others. I can't say that college students are talking too much about economics or that economics drive them to vote or not to vote. They're more motivated by social issues. And we're seeing uh, the national trend that young people are voting on gender lines. 
that boys under 25 are becoming hardened conservatives because they've gone through an education system that has told them all about toxic masculinity. They're kind of sick of it. But with girls, um, they're buying into um, some of the narratives on abortion and they're swinging hard to the Democrats. So with my generation, you're seeing the biggest a gender divide of any generation, really, in terms of political persuasion. Interesting that you're seeing that gender divide. So you're seeing that Republicans' message is doing better with young men. It is. Under 25s are driven by the social agenda, uh, okay. for or against. What I am seeing, though, in working with some of these uh, conservative groups on campus, is not just UW-Madison, but across um, I'm seeing it across the state, is that when you ask students if they voted or they did not vote, boys are less likely to be voting and they're the more conservative ones, as I just as I just outlined. So there's a bit of apathy, like we're connecting on some of the social issues and the backlash to the woke ideology, but we're not translating that into votes because the Republican infrastructure, honestly, in Wisconsin uh, to get out the vote isn't as strong as the Democrat infrastructure is. Democrats have an infrastructure on the campuses to make sure that they're translating this into votes. Conservative students, let's say they go to UW-Madison, but they are from Illinois or Minnesota. No. They're, they're not voting here, but the more left-minded uh, students they are voting here because there are Democrat groups on campus telling them they can vote here. They can use their campus address to vote here. We're just not capitalizing because we have wards on campus that are like 95 percent voting Democrat. That tells you that the Republican Party infrastructure is not turning out votes. Mm. So you hear a lot about um, Republicans complain a lot about free speech on campus. Conservative messages are not allowed or there's they're shut down. But, you know, we see um, conservative firebrand Ben Shapiro. He's speaking at UW-Madison campus. Uh, we had commentator Matt Walsh come last year. There are conservative voices at UW-Madison. Um, I mean, isn't this kind of a sign that the, these two speakers, that free speech is alive and well on the Wisconsin's flagship university? Well, the difficulty getting them safely in and out of campus is just astonishing. I mean, I was there for uh, Matt Walsh last year. Before he came, uh, the campus was spray painted, pretty much calling um, the group that hosted him and Matt Walsh himself a bunch of neo-Nazis. Uh, I imagine that things are going to get quite rowdy uh, for Ben Shapiro. I'll be there. So the free speech issue... Um, yes, they are allowing Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh to speak, but it should not be this difficult and there should not be this much pushback. They should easily allow conservative speech and speakers. There shouldn't be any issues. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
So who won Wisconsin in the 2020 presidential election? <laughs> who won Wisconsin? Yeah. Well, the 10 electoral votes went to Joe Biden. Joe Biden won by about 20,000 votes, which is uh, about the same margin that Trump won by in 2016. It was 23,000 votes. Uh, we're a close state. But there are some legitimate issues with how we're conducting our elections. And people feel like they haven't been heard. That's been the most frustrating part of this whole process. Yes, Joe Biden is president. Joe Biden is running for re-election. Donald Trump is likely to be the Republican nominee. There's going to be a rematch. It's frustrating that people's concerns with election integrity haven't been addressed more publicly in a bipartisan way. Because there are those on the left, too. Uh, let's not forget what happened in 2016. A lot of Bernie Sanders supporters did not come over to Hillary Clinton. They felt like he was given a raw deal. And a lot of Ber young Bernie Sanders supporters still have concerns about uh, election integrity. So there's actually a very interesting overlap between the Bernie bros and some uh, in the conservative movement. Wisconsin needs to address this in a bipartisan way to restore confidence in our elections. And the mess that's currently going on with election administration is not helping that in any way. Hard to disagree that it's not helping. But don't you think, too, though, that like we have had, um, you know, a lot of criticisms about the 2020 election. Those issues were addressed. Um, you know, we had court rulings um, that happened after those things happened. It's not like we're exactly the same spot as we were in 2020. Do you, do you think that people are going to trust the integrity of the election now in 2024? I think people are going to be motivated to vote. Regardless of some of their reservations, um, some will not show up to vote. It'll be interesting to see what the drop off in certain areas is. But I can tell you that with the new Wisconsin Supreme Court, uh, I hope they are not going to uh, renege on issues like the drop boxes um, because the drop boxes were ruled unconstitutional. A lot more people are going to have a lot more skepticism about our elections if the Supreme Court, for example, reneges on that uh, just because Janet Protasiewicz won an election. I hope they're going to stay with that precedent. Okay. So like you said, former President Donald Trump is still the front runner for the 2024 presidential nomination on the Republican side. What makes you think the outcome in Wisconsin will be any different this time around? It's going to come down to another 20,000 votes one way or the other. Um, we're in divided, deeply divided times, especially in our swing states. Um, Republicans have been pouring resources into Wisconsin. Democrats have been pouring resources. And nobody, no one's mind seems to be changing. The only changes that seem to happen are the uh, motivations and infrastructure behind turnout. I think the election is going to be about turnout. Republicans need to do better in our urban areas like Madison and Milwaukee, getting our people out and making sure that we don't see any drop off in the Northwoods. And um, I can tell you that one of the Democrats' biggest nightmares is that the African-American vote potentially doesn't turn out like it did in 2020 in areas like Milwaukee and Detroit, uh, your urban areas of swing states. They are very concerned about that. That is your 20, at least your 20,000 vote margin to flip back. I don't think anyone's mind has really changed on Donald Trump. Um, 
if anything, there may be a little bit of deterioration in opinion on Biden's performance. It's not going to make a single individual like Donald Trump anymore, but a lot of people do prefer Trump's policies when it comes to foreign policy and economics. The economy was in a better place. People felt more confident in the economy. That's that's something that's difficult to argue. It comes out in the public opinion polls. And the world, frankly, wasn't at war. Um, there wasn't war in Ukraine. There wasn't war in Israel. Um, you can say that was a result of his policies or not, but he was certainly an unpredictable character um, on yes, the world scene. And that may have served to our advantage. I certainly think it did. The madman theory of foreign policy. The proof is in the I didn't come up with that. All right. I would say I want to see a Republican succeed. If Donald Trump is the nominee, we're fully behind him. If Donald Trump is not the nominee, uh, which is looking increasingly less likely, uh, we will support that individual. Uh, it's In my position, it's about the infrastructure to support the principles as opposed to one person necessarily. Personally, okay. I think that Donald Trump has shown he can win Wisconsin. He's going to be competitive in Wisconsin. And in the last... 25 years before Donald Trump, Mitt Romney and McCain were very uncompetitive in Wisconsin. Before Donald Trump, you know, the percentage of Republican voters in Dane County kind of started to decline when Scott Walker was uh, governor. Do you think, and, and you mentioned it earlier, would Republicans fare better in Dane County if the party was more moderate? And I, I heard you kind of say that on the local level, but then I'm hearing about wokeness and election integrity and and you know that kind of sounds like the donald right. that's trump not, wing of the republican party to me well it's not even the trump wing it's the kind of it's the behind the scenes mechanics uh of the elections that has motivated a large segment of the republican base what we're getting wrong is that the behind the scenes mechanics should be behind the scenes mechanics and what should be more public facing is the issues that are actually going to attract voters you can believe in both. Like, uh, Nikki Haley, I don't know uh, what she thinks about election integrity or getting all of this done. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe behind the scenes, she's vociferously trying to make sure that swing state legislatures are cleaning up their elections. That's fantastic. That's the way it should be handled. Um, but somebody like a Nikki Haley would probably do better in Dane County, only if, 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 she, if she were the nominee and she actually invested here would she do better? Um, she has a message that probably appeals more to suburban voters. For the same reason, probably sees a drop off in the North Woods. So I can't say that there's a statistically significant difference, um, uh, advantage or disadvantage between the two, because suburban voter potential five or ten percent increase versus 10, 15 percent of people not turning out in the North Woods because Donald Trump's not the candidate. I don't think our fortunes have declined in Dane County only because of Donald Trump uh, and the infrastructure and the messaging and the void that Republicans have left here because we view it as unwinnable territory doesn't help. And we want to get back up to 30 percent by 2030. We have to do it incrementally because some people just don't hear the Republican message. You can't get 80% of the public to agree on anything, but 80% of the public in Dane County agrees that Republicans should not be voted into office. That tells you something about the void that we've left here. My whole campaign for chair was 
we cannot leave this void any longer, whether Trump's the candidate or somebody else. All right. Just before we go, uh, not directing this at you personally or anything, but like you mentioned, 80 percent of the of Dane County is voting for Democrats primarily. So what what is like the dating scene like for like a young Republican in Dane County? It's almost I don't want to depress anybody that might be listening to this. Um, it's almost non-existent. The, the good thing about it is, though, uh, dating is like a, a vetting process. If you're looking at it from uh, a political mindset, uh, it's like a vetting process. And eventually, most people want to find the one. So if you do find a conservative dating in Madison, in Dane County, you might just find a keeper. So that's that's the good part of, uh, about it. Brandon, hey, thank you so much for coming on and and, and telling us about um, the Republican Party of Dane County and their efforts to change the tide and maybe get 30% of the vote in, by 2030. I, that was really interesting. So thank you for sharing all that with us. Absolutely. Check us out at danegop.org. We'd love more people involved in the party and thank you for having me on. That was Brandon Malley, chair of the Republican Party of Dane County. And here's what else Madison's talking about. Public records. The Madison Police Department has settled an open records lawsuit brought by local journalist Bill Leaders. The department has agreed to pay $3,000 for court costs, damages, and attorney's fees for not turning over public records in a timely manner. The department also produced records related to the suspension of a police sergeant. Leaders published an analysis in Isthmus newspaper last Friday. And the Dane County Board has approved $19 million for a new state-of-the-art election center, which included purchasing the old Ale Asylum Brewery off Packers Avenue. Dane County Clerk Scott McDonald estimates it will take about two years before his office fully moves into the new location. The county will begin using the brewery's warehouse to store election equipment as soon as next year. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Dylan Brogan. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this podcast with a Dane County Republican? There's still around 80,000 of them out there. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, 